Today's episode is brought to you by Launch Process Coffee, located at 584 Tillman. Stay tuned to learn more about Launch Process. TheOAMNetwork.com Power to the podcast. So, oh, so uh, to, to sidetrack, one of my greatest memories uh, is of the year 2000 when uh, the millennium obviously happened. Mm-hmm. And I was nine years old. And they had this thing all across England where it was like, we're going to, at the, at the new year, everyone's going to light beacons and you can see each other beacon. You can see another beacon from wherever you are. So it will be beacons going across the whole country of these like, you know, flame lit things from points of, you know, from high points where they can be seen. Yeah. So it was like, I'm going to make a Lord of the Rings analogy. It's like lighting the flames of Gondor, right? So. Effectively, yeah. Cool. It's exactly like that. Cool. Uh, so our local like church or whatever was designated beacon place for the town. And so around 11 p.m., my family like drags, you know, uh, me and my brother and sister, we get, uh, get taken down to uh, where this beacon is and everyone's gathered around. We're going to go see the beacon be lit. And they're counting down. And they go, three, two, one. And the guy can't like the beacon <laughs> in an anticlimactic moment that can That's only happen right, once in a millennium right, man. you'll get it next time <laughs> this is just a trial run soft yeah, opening exactly. so that's how I wrought in this thousand years uh. Welcome to Dr. Heckle, the science communication podcast that thinks now is the time to act the fool tonight. Forget about your worries and you will be all right. It's Saturday, 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 it's Saturday, Saturday, it's Saturday, Saturday, it's Saturday, a, 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 a. On today's episode, pig baboon heart transplants, the reason processed meats are linked to colon cancer, and why magic mushroom season is getting longer. Welcome to Dr. Heckle, the science communication podcast that's going to lose 50 pounds and 50% of our listeners in 2019. With me on the show today, with a degree in studio art and political economy from Tulane University. Oh, you have your file. Comedian Charlie Vergas. Oh, hey, Welcome how's it to going? the show. Yeah. Thank you. Second time me. on. Yep. And second time on for uh, the comedian with a first class or one class short of a history degree from Ole Miss University. I also was going to get a minor in classics and economics. Thank you. Comedian Will Loden. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been, been a while since I've had you guys on. Uh, on Charlie, longest yeah. for you over a year. Yeah, uh, what's been going on up in New York? Well, last time I was on this podcast, at the end, you asked me if I had anything to promote, and I said no because I was <laughs> recovering from physical therapy and it just moved and was in the process of moving to New York and hadn't have anything on the table. So I have some show. I have shows to promote at the end of the podcast. Uh, so Excellent. things are going well. At the same time, uh, my mom did drop me off here to podcast because <laughs> uh, I am home and using, and there's not enough cars for all of us. So, uh, what's uh, what's it like living up in New York? Uh, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's just you leave your house at like seven and you get home at like eleven every night. Yeah, I mean, just like it, here's the, I think the biggest adjustment is like 
in Chicago or here, like you go do your day job, you can come home for like an hour or so and then go back out to do stand up. But here you just have to pack for the whole day because like, you know, yeah, the the time it takes for you to go back to where you live and then go out again. You're not going to go out again. You once you get home, it's just you're done, (laughs) you know. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot like. There's a lot of cool people up there. I'm in the right place for right now, I feel like. But there's it's like also maybe two out of every five people you meet is like just like a nonsense person. What do you mean by a nonsense person? You know, just like bad at what they do, but like... Extremely confident. Yeah, extremely confident <laughs> and just like, you know, writing screenplays out their ass and reading them to girls they're on the first dates with. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, man. <laughs> you know. And like, there's a whole community of those, and they all congratulate each other for finishing a screenplay, and then it's bad. And uh, so, I'm mostly talking about my old roommate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he so, posts his poems on Facebook. And cool, Charlie. I, I heard they have this thing in New York. Um, I believe it's referred to as the Statue of Liberty. I was going to go with public <laughs> transportation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so apparently what that is, is it's something that the city pays for and it's a choo-choo train and you can get on it. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, very disappointing, it doesn't actually choo-choo, but <sighs> now, there uh, is a guy who will say choo-choo <laughs> in most cars you get into, but that's not part of the program. So <laughs> he just does that independently on his own volition. So, so uh, having lived in both places, would you take bad poetry and screenplays plus public transport or would you give up the public transport to not come across any bad screenplays uh well i don't know how close you are following the beat public transport apparently the mta is like it's all time uh it's being it's been severely underfunded for decades and now it's all coming to a head and so now uh it's apparently like like january 2017 86 percent of the trains were late (laughs) Um, that said, I'm a big fan of public transportation. It just needs to be properly funded. <laughs> and, you know, you, we have MATA here. Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, you can ride buses. They're actually, actually the uh, mayor is doing a big push to yeah. uh, divert funds to MATA. Good. Now on to, an- on to another matter. Will, <laughs> you haven't written. Very good. You haven't written any screenplays or have you? I wrote a one-act play for a theater production. It was called Time. And moving on. That that actually got... It was actually pretty good. No, it's called Time Travel Bullies. Basically, I had two frat guys go back in time, and I made puns about hitting historical figures in the balls. Okay, I watched that. Yeah, exactly. It was was cool. Um, And that was at the Evergreen Theater, right? That was at the Evergreen Theater. That was my first uh, time doing stage work. Spent the first 25 years of my life calling theater people gay. Yeah. And uh, and then had some... Fell pen- in love with it. <laughs> had some penance. Yeah, no, I definitely... It was. It reminded me a lot of um, contact sports, you know, the, the, the camaraderie and like, you know, like they just changed the names for stuff like actor, player, uh, director, coach, you know, like it was, it was really fun. Uh, and like, like a lot of these theater people respond a lot better uh, to positive reinforcement, which is cool. Um, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't get a lot of that in 
contact did you, sports. Did you, did you try the contact sports way first with them? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, well, it was weird because like... You don't just say, I want you to get mad. <laughs> exactly. you get mad? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, Those but, audience members are going to knock your dick in the dirt. So you better come prepared to do whatever is necessary. No, we all... We, we <laughs> had a huddle. Knock your fucking head off, boy. <laughs> exactly. We all had a huddle uh, where we held hands and felt each other's energy. Which was new to me. And, uh, uh, yeah, they were like, the audience is out there to watch us do well. They're here to support you. And I was just like, I was just having flashbacks to football and Coach Martinez being like, you got to be the biggest dick swinging. And I'm like, this is totally different. And I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I play, yeah, played now, middle school football as well. So. Yeah. Now, uh, you also, uh, Alongside me and a couple of others run um, comedy shows here in the city. We do. Uh, at a variety of breweries. Yeah, you can find us at uh, Meddlesome Brewery once a month, Crosstown Brewery once a month, Memphis Made Brewery once a month. We're at a local downtown in the basement. Uh, we're out in Jackson, Tennessee at South Street Comedy Club. And uh, we're doing a good job, I think. We're doing a very good job. Definitely, you're definitely a workhorse. I, I try to be. Well, no, it's like it's we 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 Mark. We have a great model. It's you know everyone's blown away by your British accent and your 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 talk of metrics and things like that. And then like so you get to be the carrot and I get to be the stick. And I'm really good at being the stick. You know, like and Charlie Charlie was just uh, on one of the shows at yeah. the Crosstown. Uh, yeah, 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 the good crowd. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great. Uh, thank you for coming out. We all do we do all of our shows for free, so you know, drink more beer when you're there. Yeah. I was very funny on it. Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I was I was actually <laughs> I was in I was in Little Rock, but I got I got the uh, the game tape, and you know, uh-uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You, you knocked it out of the park. Uh, Rob Love did great. Uh, Angela Groney did fantastic. Uh, you know. And so, you know, those, 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 those were the people that, that stood out at that show. Um, and, you know. It was, a, it was a good time. Now, Charlie, uh, you are by name the, uh, mm-hmm. associated with your family's business, yep. Charlie, uh, Charlie Burgos Rendezvous. Yep. Uh, and so that's how I'm going to link things into science. Okay. Uh, through the, the meat industry. All right. Uh, mm. Now, presumably. Um, Mark, you like meat, right? Presumably, I am a hundred percent vegetarian. But for this, uh, for, for this hey, exercise, hey, you ever see that bumper sticker where they're like, you know, vegetarian's just a Choctaw term for lazy hunter? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> These colors don't run. Woo! War eagle. Uh, so, presumably, the meat at Charlie Virgo's rendezvous is of the highest quality, wouldn't you say? Uh, I'd say, yeah, they get, they get good shit. Uh, well, there's been a, a big push at the moment, uh, for particularly, uh, bacon and other processed foods for how much of a link there is to, uh, bowel cancer. Oh yeah. Um, it was the, was it that study that came out maybe like a couple of year and a half ago? Yeah. Uh, so, so there's an interesting like history to it. The world health organization released a study, uh, showing a significant link, uh, based on, uh, processed meats that are preserved with nitrites or ni- nitrates, nitrites. Yeah. Uh, the, What's the difference between a nitrate and a nitrate? It was like bacon, smoked sausage, I think was one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so uh, basically those compounds are not, they're found in vegetables as well, uh, nitrogen-based compounds. 
that uh, do not cause anything negative by themselves, but they're, rea- they're reacting with chemicals within the meats. Can I bring up a really fun thing about that? I remember this article coming out, and uh, it was funny looking at the different news outlets and how they how they covered the story. Because the more left-wing the news source, the less appetizing the graphic of the meat would be. And the more right-wing Fox had, like, sizzling bacon. And, like, like oh, look what they're take, look what they're trying to say is bad for you. MSNBC, and MSNBC had, had like, like, a pig face. Just, <laughs> yeah, just had, like, somebody handling, like, raw meat with their bare hands. <laughs> and just pulling it apart. Yeah. Uh, so, it was like, the news uh, has subtle means of... Uh, my control so <laughs> so uh, after that was was published uh lobby- that's hunter sandler with the sound effects <laughs> no that was all we'll load <laughs> Lo- lobbyists uh almost analogous to the uh to the tobacco industry uh, so there's something called the north american meat institute which is an industry lobby group that's what i call my dick come on (laughs) (laughs) i'm living this podcast (laughs) they called the report a dramatic and alarmist overreach and then uh a load of articles came out uh, basically trying to um say it was it would be foolish to ditch you know uh processed meat when they're so so ingrained in our culture they really can't cause that much harm it's not as significant as the link between what is cancer (laughs) so uh isn't that when you're born in october so nearly three years on june nearly three years on from this study uh you know the meat industry is is not harmed in any way at all processed meats uh, such as bacon sales of bacon in the uk have risen uh five percent uh in the past two years uh so now to follow up from this there is uh another large-scale study that uses data from uh, 262,000 British women that suggests consuming just nine, ba- nine grams of bacon a day, that's less than one rasher, can significantly raise the risk of developing uh, breast cancer. And the- Does it say what kind of bacon, pork, turkey, or any kind? So it's, it's specifically bacon that is uh, preserved with these nitrites. So any, any, it could be bacon of any type of meat, just as long as it has the same. So, yeah. so if it's got the smoked flavor, like if you get the, uh, if you get the Kroger, like, or like tofu, the, it, yeah. the if best it's preserved with those ni- same nitrates would still yeah, be. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, um, it, well, not necessarily tofu because the problem with the nitrates and the nitrites are what it's interacting with, ah, okay. uh, in, in the meat. Uh, so actually the best thing you can do is have meat that does not have any of these nitrates and uh, nitrites and the way that you preserve it is just with salt like, mm. but to cure it with salt is a longer process mm-hmm. it's more expensive uh, mm-hmm. and so is is not used to you know used by these companies because on a mass scale they're you know trying to make things as cheap as possible wasn't there something in the study that said if you eat it with vegetables that like kind of reduces the risk actually there there's one uh, research group that uh, and and prominent researcher that particularly believes that if you eat it, eat it with vegetables, it does reduce the risk. Yes. Mm. Um, now. See, that's big carrots trying to, you know, scare us into eating more vegetables. And I don't really care for that. Well, all I'm saying, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be necessarily that you eat less of it. It's that you avoid meat, which has these uh, compounds in it, because those are the ones with the clearest link to colon cancer. Oh. Say colon again. <laughs> <laughs> colon. <laughs> Great. 
Enjoy your carcinogens (laughs) (laughs) from not taking any heed. (laughs) So I just had to say, had to have you say it again for the fans. Right, right, right. (laughs) The OAMnetwork.com. All original podcasts released weekly in Memphis, Tennessee. Minus 10, 9, 8. We have a go for main engine start. We have main engine start. 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Launch Process Coffee is one of the latest specialty coffee roasters to hit the Memphis scene. They serve a variety of traditional espresso and other coffee beverages alongside smoothies and bubble teas, all with a retro sci-fi twist. Launch Process is located behind the rec room at 584 Tillman and open every day from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can also find Launch Process Coffee at Laughlin Yard, Rail Garden, Rec Room, The High Tone, and Atomic Tiki. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Launch Process Coffee and stop in to get your caffeine fix today. Let OM help you get the word out on your service, product, or endeavor. Email info at theoamnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Heckle podcast. We move on to our news item for the week. Today's article comes from liberal UK journalistic bastion, The Guardian. And mm. the title of the article is Late Frost Gives UK Magic Mushroom Hunters an Extra High. Psychedelic fungi may still be in bloom on New Year's Day thanks to climate change. What do you guys think about that? Um, I mean, in terms of just like comprehending? I mean, you're meant to be able to comprehend this. Oh, mushrooms, mushrooms grow in warm weather. And, yeah. uh, and wet weather. Yeah, and, yeah and, wet, wet, and so there's more of that in early months in climate change. And then there's like, and then maybe another frost will come and kill it off. So then there'll be another crop coming in later on. So you get like, there's an extra crop basically. Yeah, so uh, owing to warming weather, you know, um, magic mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms grow very well in, you know, warm, wet conditions. And I, went, so- I went to college in New Orleans and uh, there was a lot of people who got arrested trying to go shrooming on farms in Mississippi. Uh, so I knew a lot of stories of, <laughs> about this whole process. I uh, almost finished college in Mississippi and I have gone farming on farms in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> they were... Uh, huh. They grew naturally in the farms just off, so just off campus where we went to university. Yeah. So occasionally, did they get affected by hoof and mouth disease? Uh, did huh. in mushrooming? I don't know. You mean because there would be there was much stricter or mad cow disease? Yeah. Much, yeah. much stricter regulation of people going on and off farms. Yeah. Or could you like get hoof and mouth disease from doing mushrooms from a hoof and from? Mushrooms that grew off like hoof and mouth. Is, is hoof and mouth when you spit in that's the girl's a, mouth and then? Sorry. So that's actually no. That's a reason. <laughs> that's a reasonable question because you know the mushrooms often grow around manure. Yeah. So uh, if if there was and manure, right? Cow yeah. manure. I mean, if you can get pink eye from a pillow and the cows <laughs> kick it, right? I don't actually know the answer to that. Oh, okay. Just throwing out questions, you know. Uh. Just raising questions. Worth the risk. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, so 50 years ago, uh, compared to now, the first autumn frost arrives uh, around about two weeks later now than it did 50 years ago. So that's an extra, you know, 14 days in theory. 
but it's uh, believed that 2018's weather cycle, at least within the United Kingdom, means that even after New Year, uh, there will, the first frost of the year will still not have happened. And so basically it uh, means that instead of these mushrooms fruiting for around 30 days of the, of the year in this, in this autumn period, they're now fruiting for around 70, which uh, gives thousands of people who hunt for these every year more time to go foraging and expanding their minds. Because I feel like the type of people that go shrooming are, tend to procrastinate in general. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for them. I also should be stated that we're, it's New Year's Eve in Memphis and it's, what, 66 degrees today and raining? Yes. And there's yeah. a lot of wind last night. <laughs> Hey, Mark, do, fact, you, do you celebrate New Year's in England? Uh, I celebrate it uh, six hours before you guys, actually. Okay. That's, I thought, that's the, I cus- thought, that's the custom yeah. that we have. Is right. we- <laughs> you celebrate it <laughs> right when the New Year starts. I thought it was more like a Thanksgiving thing to where they all were mad. <laughs> I, do, you, do you remember uh, Y2K? Yeah. Like, did, you, did your family... Like, my dad had strong opinions on Y2K. <laughs> uh, and, and was he, did he prep for it? Was he... He didn't like buy like canned tuna or anything. He just unplugged our computer because he figured like that would stop Y2K from like blowing up our compact. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I just remember like I kind of like put my fingers in my ears and then kind of like closed my eyes and then like a couple minutes later, like opened one eye and then like look, open the other and oh, I'm still here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to know um, about the safety data that was published according to the 2017 Global Drug Surve- Survey reg- with regards to psychedelic mushrooms? Sure. Sure, yeah. No. So the safety data... Safety. Uh, <laughs> Charlie when, farted. When looking across all uh, major consumed substances, first of all, uh, 80% of respondents of the uh, 120,000 that were included in this study uh, said that they had consumed some sort of uh, illegal drug in the past year. 99.7 said they consumed a legal or illegal drug. Uh, methamphetamine hospitalized the most with around uh, 4.8% of users. Mm. Uh, 8.2% Only of 4.8 of meth users are hospitalized? Yeah, yeah, they mostly just ride it out. You know, well, you've been to Arkansas. Those those yeah. that seek yeah. those yeah. that seeked emergency medical. A much treatment. higher percentage probably needed to. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, we got some band aids yeah. back there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Around three percent of uh, synthetic uh, cannabis users, so people using spice, people using mm. like other kind of synthetic cannabinoids. Uh, alcohol was around one point one point three percent. But magic mushrooms was the lowest of the mainly used things at 0.2%. Only, I think, only 13 people out of uh, the over 10,000 users uh, sought medical treatment. Because well, isn't overdosing on shrooms, you just vomit a lot? And, like, is this all like where the drug is the primary reason? So like if they were in a car accident, but they'd had like a couple drinks. <laughs> did, right, did, that, right. did that count yeah, as? Yeah, I think the primary, or primary reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For them seeking medical emergency medical treatment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was um, lower even than cannabis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I said. I'm I'm one of the point zero point three percent who like hasn't taken anything illegal. Yeah. In the last. <laughs> oh, year. you're straight edge. Uh, I mean, I drank, but like yeah. you know, that's legal. Yeah. Uh, but 
Yeah, this is one of the so, things. So, so you're like, one, yeah, one of the twenty percent, around twenty percent, because eighty percent took an illegal drug. Yeah, ninety nine point seven took a legal or illegal. drug. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There, okay, well, there, there, there are more Mormons than point one percent. Yeah, well, the, yeah. The, those are dirty Mormons. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so, um, but from what I hear, mushrooms is like the one where you're most like stationary and like. You're the one that it's one of the ones where you're least likely to just like, you know, I do know a guy who actually ended up in the hospital after uh, taking mushrooms, but he did it at a Grateful Dead concert at Soldier Field. And it was more because the cops had uh, it was more, he tried to get on stage and the cops fought him. So, <laughs> uh, so it was more it was great, more contusions you know, than uh, like, Chicago comedian named Todd Massey. And he'll, he'll he'll be proud. He was mentioned on this podcast about it. <laughs> He, uh, he, he lost it. He, the cops grabbed him by his shorts and he lost his shorts. And so, uh, <laughs> which was, it was his phone and his wallet. So oh. the next day they're trying to, they tried to find it and they, uh, it said his phone was in Lake Michigan and they go, <laughs> and it's on a yacht called Polish power. And they had it in like a Ziploc baggie for him because he was two deadheads with a yacht <laughs> called oh. Polish power who found it. And they, uh, they hung out on the yacht That's... anyways. So, but he was on mushrooms. Uh, that's a great story. Yeah. Uh, the oh wait no that was acid sorry. <laughs> well uh, well that has a hospitalization rate of around one percent. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I've taken mushrooms a, a couple of times and uh, a like a bad trip is is you just vomit a bunch, but that's just what mushrooms make you do. So like I don't know why we yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Allegedly, I've never also yeah. count a lot. Yeah, I can never confirm. I can neither confirm or deny that I've taken a lot of mushrooms in my life. <laughs> so, uh, so this this global drug survey is probably one of the most useful tools because it provides uh, pretty unbiased data on the actual risks and um, the the safety profile of different drugs. How big at, is the survey? So this was a uh, hundred and fifty thousand people that they cleaned up the data uh, and used a uh, hundred and twenty thousand that they. Over how many countries? All of them? This was over around 28 countries. Okay. Developed so they, or undeveloped or? A combination. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So a nice little... Uh, well, a nice little slice of the pie. Yeah. Now, uh, interestingly enough, despite uh, findings similar to this by the UK government, uh, a, go- a government um, body that was led by a guy called David Nutt, who... <laughs> who uh, specifically made some slightly inflammatory remarks claiming that ecstasy was no more dangerous than horse riding. Uh, but tight recommendations were made for changing of the drug scheduling based on like how dangerous uh, alcohol was compared to some of these other, mm-hmm. um, these other drugs. And despite that, it is still a class A drug. Uh, his his uh, warnings were ignored or his recommendations were ignored and he was fired. It's a class A drug. Picking those mushrooms is an offense punishable by up to seven years imprisonment. Wow. But it is not an offense to have them growing on your land. Wow. Oh, because it in theory, you don't like, have to grow them yourself. In theory, they, yes, yeah. you couldn't. So uh, in this world of psychedelic mushrooms that people now have more opportunity to pick, potentially because of another scientific problem, global warming, who's to say what's real anymore? So what even is... Certainly not the people on like, mushrooms. What is even even is like fake news? Help us keep the lights on. 
go to theoamnetwork.com slash donate. Welcome back for our final section where we take a journal article from the scientific literature, throw all the information out at our guests and see what they can take in. Today's article comes from the journal Nature, Top Flight. Very respectable. Top, top Flight Journal. Uh, Three out of four stars. And uh, the first author is Matthias Langen. The anchor author is... Oh, Jan- I know Matthias. Jan-Michael Abicht. Oh, Jan-Michael? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! And the title of the article is Consistent Success in Life-Supporting Porcine Cardiac Xenotransplantation. All right, totally. say that again. Yeah. Give, give yourself a little bit more space between each word. Right. Okay. Consistent success. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> in. In. Life supporting. Life supporting. Porcine cardiac xenotransplantation. Porcine cardiac. Is that hyphenated? No. Uh, but like one word. Xenotransplantation is one word. So porcine is like porcelain, cardiac, like cardio. Xeno, like xenomorph from alien. Yeah. Cardiac is heart. Cardiac's heart. Yeah. Xeno is like, yeah. Uh, Transportation is... So Xeno is th- things outside. So yeah, to give you the... To give you the uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I, think you got, I think you got poor sign wrong. Allo, but. yeah. Allo, the same. Xeno, different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, poor sign. I know that... I knew this at one point. I didn't. Come on. Poor sign. Uh, poor sign cardiac. You poor sign fool. Um, you could okay. So perhaps you want you might want to call uh, the five O of a porcine nature. Uh, oh, swine, pigs, pigs, yeah, yeah. pigs. Yeah, really. Yeah, porcine. Okay, oh, like porcine, bovine, canine. Oh, yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, so they use okay. pig valves. Oh, oh, yeah, so yeah. yeah, oh, they're using they're using yeah, yeah, they're using pig uh, pig um, arteries to put in human pe- people pig hearts yeah oh and they're not being put in humans yet this oh. is a so what they can't put pig hearts in mice can they that no. doesn't make any sense this is a study of uh, baboons oh. so they're doing uh, transplants between pigs and baboons because they, we did baboons last time they're gearing they're they gearing they're gearing <laughs> <laughs> they're the baboon yeah <laughs> uh they're gearing up to try eventually to do uh human transplants because is that why we were talking about bacon earlier like uh, yeah there's a there's a thread are the hearts smoked because those cause cancer well i mean there's the theory is the the common consensus that human tastes very similar to pork meat really yeah cool so um Uh, i'd I'd eat human not from firsthand experience the hearts are similar sizes uh but and heart transplants are the only cure for patients who have terminal cardiac failure basically you know once you get into heart failure you a heart transplant is the only thing that's going to work yeah uh but the amount of donors that you have available far is far lower than the amount of people that need it you know heart failure is one of the biggest killers yeah Yeah. especially in the united states yeah my cousin uh just got a liver transplant Uh, um Apparently, holiday weekends uh, are big weekends to get transplants just because a lot of people die. A lot die. of people die, yeah. A, yeah. Lot of, a lot of traveling accidents. Fourth of July, it's traveling accidents. Uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Christmas Christmas is suicide, apparently. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. good uh, market. Yeah, no, those are... Those are yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just put a pig heart into a human is basically the, the 
uh, baseline. I'm going to give you here. There's a whole load of problem. They've got uh, endogenous retrovirus elements, so you'll get yeah. viral inf- potential for virus to be produced from these, you know, uh, pig hearts. Yeah, I got uh, swine flu in college. Really? Yeah, I ain't, I ain't messing around. Uh, what has been done is uh, genetically modified pig hearts that lack a certain uh, certain epitopes being expressed on the cell surface that could be attacked by the human immune system. I'm reading a book about this right now. Uh, Margaret Atwood's Oryx and Crake. Oh, really? It's a uh, yeah, it's a dystopian fantasy about how this goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well. We're, we're going to ignore her warnings. They start growing proceed. pigs with multiple livers and kidneys, and then the pigs uh, develop ravenous appetites. <laughs> uh, I'm still like only like 40 pages in, so uh, but it seems like things went bad. <laughs> I don't know. Based on all of Margaret Atwood's uh, novels today, I think it's going to go quite well. <laughs> um, so basically a genetically modified uh, pig heart of that nature, which you take out some of the... Uh, pig-specific surface receptors and you put in human-specific, those have been shown to uh, survive for 945 days when you do heterotropic transplant. So you leave the baboon heart in place, you're putting this heart in uh, as well, and it it can survive long-term. So so even even if the baboon hearts has failed... uh, If you put a pig heart in next to it, it makes it last longer? No, the... This is to prove that the pig heart can survive long term yeah. in the body. It's not have oh. performing necessary function. Oh, see, I yeah. thought I thought even though a failed baboon heart would be like an avocado pit, where if you just leave it in, it just keeps it fresh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, our, even after years and years of research uh, in this field, like a quarter of a century, uh, the maximum time a baboon has survived after a heart replacement from a pig is only 57 days and that was only achieved one time mm. so this study was designed around trying to find a way to uh to make pig baboon transplants last a length of time that would become in theory translatable to you know the human transplant the animals they called the pigs that they grew in uh in oryx and crake is pagoons oh really yeah <laughs> so Based in kind of, baboon. kind of reality, yeah. These are pagoons that we're uh, we're making right now, right yeah. here. So group one, uh, so they had three groups uh, of pig baboon transplants that they tr- tried different things. So uh, all of these baboons received basic immunosuppression. Group one, there were five of them. Uh, the donor, the donor organs, the hearts were preserved with clinically approved crystalloid solutions that, and um, they got per- perfused after, um, you know, after you'd made the incision in the aorta, the aorta, and you're trying to put in this pig donor organ. The hearts themselves, the pig hearts, were just kept in plastic bags in ice-cold solution surrounded by ice cubes. Like, like a rat race. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was exactly what came to my mind. <laughs> Uh, That's a great thing. Mr. Bean's great. <laughs> these monkeys yes, he is. in this group one, uh, three of them only survived for one day. One of them survived for three days and one of them made it for 30 days. Uh, but the survivors uh, all showed basically uh, systolic left heart failure, even though they were getting blood thinners to lower the blood pressure and, and everything. 
the 30 day survivor developed this kind of uh, hypertrophy. So the cells get bigger, the volume of the heart gets, you know, gets bigger. Mm. And uh, it was resulting in progressive damage to the ventricular function. And you could see increasing levels of troponin, an indicator of heart damage in mm. this group. So this wasn't really a success. This, this wasn't really a success in, in, the, gr- in the first group. Uh, rarely are you cleaning up five baboon carcasses and <laughs> something you would call a success. <laughs> that was absolutely successful. Oh, hell yeah. Holding like a dead baboon over your head. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they are assholes. So sometimes if you're like, if you hate them, yeah. In, uh, in group two, there was the same immunosuppressive regimen, but the uh, pig hearts were preserved in an eight degrees Celsius oxygenated uh, solution that contained nutrition, hormones, and erythrocytes, uh, red blood, red so, blood cells. Yeah, more expensive treatment. Right, right, yeah. right. So those uh, from from when they were explanted. So they didn't they didn't get that that engine from the pick and pull. For, <laughs> from when they were explanted to when they were transplanted, they were continually perfused and oxygenated using a fancy system. Uh, during the implantation surgery, those hearts were intermittently perfused. Uh, every 15 minutes until the end of the transplantation. So all four of those baboons in the second group could easily be taken off uh, their, you know, intubation, intubation, and there was a g- better graft function than those first, uh, than that first group. They didn't have any uh, loss due to this uh, thing called PCXD, which is perioperative cardiac xenograft dysfunction basically damage after you know you operate uh but they did see increasing hypertrophy in the same in the same way and a decrease in the function of the left ventricle and those survived uh one of them was uh survived only four days the other three 18 27 and 40 days so they survived a bit longer yeah they survive, well, considerably longer, but again, you're clearing up another four baboon carcasses. <laughs> pig heart, yeah, could pig heart transplants just be like, all right, just buy us some time until we find somebody else on the waiting like Right, right. Can you hot swap pig, like, pig hearts every, it, like... Yeah, just like hold on until we, just like a stopgap measure, you know, like a government, like a, yeah. like a government funding bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess perhaps in theory, uh, but at this stage... When it's 18, 27, 40 days, it's yeah. not buying you too much extra time. Yeah. Uh, and these, uh, these b- baboons also had a secondary liver failure developing. So, yeah. Perfect. So uh, they had a final group, group three. Uh, so they wanted to, you know, the transplant was more successful, but there was still this hypertrophy problem. So that was something they wanted to focus on reducing. So they uh, did the same transplant procedure, but weaned the baboons off cortisone at an early stage mm-hmm. cortisone is something that's shown a steroid i've had yeah. a shot in my hip a few times and, yeah and that's gotten that in my ass that yeah. can cause hypertrophy uh if taken long term in, in humans mm. um they also Football got an, players <laughs> I, an anti-hypertensive treatment uh because pigs have a lower systolic blood pressure than uh than baboons do oh uh, and they received duh this uh uh, compound called temsorolimus, which was used to counteract that cardiac overgrowth. So 
to make sure there was no hy- hypertrophy. So none of the uh, recipients in group three showed that PCXD, that perioperative. And believe it or not, here they are right now. <laughs> Let's meet the baboons. <laughs> it's, they're quite thriving. They actually speak English. <laughs> and all reached a steady state with good heart function after four weeks. So, you know, they're all there after four weeks. Ooh. That's 28 days. Two recipients. Two recipients lived in good health for three months until euthanasia. Perfect. <laughs> and, well, that seems like a self-sabotaging scientist. <laughs> and so, right, I'm why, you... why did they put the baboons down? If they were... they wanted, so they wanted to look at that stage to see if there's an increase in the you know, uh, left ventricular mass. You know, if there yeah. was any hypertrophy, they were still keeping two of them alive. Oh, so, so they wouldn't lose the data. Yeah. Right, uh, right, right. So I guess they lost some data to, you yeah. know. Showing how long <laughs> could, could they're choosing which data to, to collect. Yeah, well, that baboon looked at me funny, so he's dying now. Uh, again, similar to the second group, there was no sign of uh, rejection, a humoral rejection to the uh, transplants. Um, but the last two recipients in the group, baboons 13 and 14, were allowed to survive in good general condition for. Uh, 195 and 182 days, respectively, with no major changes to uh, platelet counts, those bilirubin levels from the, from, you know, in the liver. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, they kept that intravenous temsorolimus treatment up until day 175 and day 161. Up until that point, their systolic mm-hmm. and diastolic function was completely normal. And then after they stopped it in those last few days, before they, uh, uh, before they ended the experiment, lasted longer than certain French uh, republics. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. Once they took them off that med- medication, then they saw the cardiac outgrowth again. They saw the beginning yeah. signs that you know there was the going to be the hypertrophy. So, so the existence is very high maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is still a huge uh, step forward. Considering that, the, Ooh, yeah. considering that the longest ever was only was fifty seven days, and that was only observed once. Now they've got an uh, example of uh, two monkeys that lived longer than that that they euthanized, and another two that lived up to six months yeah. beyond the transplantation. Can I first say I have no sympathy for the baboons? Like, like I'm a big animal person, but like I, I did like a semester in South Africa, and those things are like. Terrifying. Yeah, you know, you know, they can they learned whether a car is unlocked by whether or not it does a boop boop sound, and then they go in and steal food. Oh, yeah. One time I saw a kid throw a rock at one, it picked the rock back up and threw it back at the kid. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my father once uh, gave ketamine to a baboon. <laughs> what happened? He uh, well, it was it, a good waste of got, ketamines. What that it was? Got, it got sleepy, uh, and it, basically, it, 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 your dad's a scientist. He uh, yeah, he, he was living in Zimbabwe at the time. <laughs> okay. And uh, one of the baboons... He knows Cecil? One of the, <laughs> one, one of the baboons had injured its leg, like cut it completely open. Yeah. And all of the vets in Harare were out uh, of the city on a conference. <laughs> and so his friend... The death of Stalin. His, his friend uh, was like, we need, to, we need to like sew this baboon up. Mm. So my dad went and got some liquid ketamine and started f- making the baboon drink the liquid ketamine as his friend sewed up the leg of the baboon. 
And so the bad, it got better? Got better, man. Wow. Um, so Anyways, the back two, to the, the study. The two, two key, key things to take in is the, uh, the preservation, how long that they were kept alive, and the fact that they were preventing the outgrowth. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this provides something to build off that other research studies can hopefully bring this out a longer period of time, see how long they can keep it going, and it may be able to eventually get translated to human studies. Where do you think this goes into, like, do you think this is connected to, like, the de-extinction uh, movement at all? What do you mean? Like, if you could put a pig heart in a baboon's heart, what if, like, can we get woolly mammoths again? Uh, we've talked about it on a previous podcast mm. that uh, there is a group trying to bring back the woolly mammoth. Yeah. Fuck that. Place to same park. Uh, but what I require from you now before we talk about woolly mammoths okay. is that you guys tell me what was done on this study and uh, right, show, take me, it well. show, show me that you've understood it. All right. Take it so, well. all right, there were, there were three control dr- groups and basically they're hot swapping pig hearts into baboons. All right. Now, the first control group, they were just they were just packing it down in cold ice, like tailgating. All right. And those (laughs) fuckers died immediately. Uh, And then the second group, they were like, hey, we're going to oxygen or whatever. They're going to they're going to pump some oxygen oxygen into into the fuse it with. Yeah. the, 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 The pig hearts, you know, keep them fresh. Uh, and then they threw them in there, and then those those fuckers still like cumulatively. I think all four of the baboons lasted like fifty days, right? Sixty days. Uh, the third group, they 40, were uh, forty. The forty. The one lasted forty. Yeah, and then the, I think two of them died in like four days and five days, and then okay, yeah. Uh, and then the third group, uh, they were given some magic drug, uh, some sort of wizardry. Do you remember what that was? Uh, cortisone. Oh yeah, they, right. they were taking taken off cortisone oh. earlier. So all of them got cortisone oh. at the beginning, but were taken off it more rapidly. Okay, and given a drug called Temsorolimus. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, Mr. Tems. They were they were popping Mr. Tems, and they lasted for a long time until they got killed. Uh, two of them got killed for research and or shit talking. Tim, Sorol- Tim Sorolimus? Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with my support group uh, for people with uh, with heartburn who take too many. Tums Anonymous. <laughs> uh, who took too many antacids. Uh, uh, hey, are you a friend of Pepto? <laughs> um, and yeah, and so now they're, I think, Two baboons still happily living today. Uh, no, they died. Uh, they, they 182 died. days and 197 days. Okay, well, you know that's uh, fine. That's fine. 195 and 182. Oh yeah. Okay, I was two off. Yeah, off. yeah, that, yeah. That'll show you, that's Charlie. Not, that's not the point. Yeah, the point. The, that's not the point of getting <clears throat> you to remember the exact day. The point <laughs> the is, concepts. is that we are trying to become immortals. I've been accused and... of being autistic. I have a, I have a high set of standards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, you're saying we're trying to become immortals. Well, I think we're trying to cure uh, or at least provide a means to uh, treat heart failure, which is currently heart failure among the wealthy. Perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, this is America, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Heart failure among the wealthy. In case Dick Cheney's uh, robot breaks, <laughs> I walked out of Vice last night. Mm. That movie sucked. Was it what? What was bad about it? It was just garbage. I mean, Adam McKay's about as you know subtle as a sledgehammer, mm. and it was just Big Short was good. 
Big Short was good. But that didn't need subtlety. No. They, that needed very blunt statements yeah. to because the subject is very subtle. Dick Cheney is a very uh, not subtle subject. So Yeah. That's, yeah. Chris, I mean, all the actors did fine. I just didn't <clears throat> fucking like the movie. Mm. So right like, on, man. Yeah. Uh, so that, I think you did a great job explaining it back. You, you took everything in. You uh, understand... Uh, you understand the concept very nicely. Thank you. Yeah. But it is, of course, your chance to throw some information at me, your host. So uh, I, of course, ask each of my guests to bring a fact with them. So I'm going to start with uh, with you, Will. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm double jointed in both of my hands, and I do a cool party trick. Oh, gross. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and then it scares people. Here's the thing. I well, thought, what is that? Can you show me? No. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Ah, well, that's really good for the listeners, right? Basically, yeah. I'm moving all of my tendons on my knuckles. <laughs> oh my god, you can hear! Yeah, that. I tweeted like two weeks ago. One thing good about approaching thirty is they stop having to see double jointed shit at parties. <laughs> <laughs> and it, uh, last time I punched something, uh, my my fist locked. Oh, so that was cool. I wonder why that is. Uh, I'm a freak, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie, is it, my it, fact it, is, Will's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any non uh, non yeah. body movement based facts? To- yeah, I mean, I got some shit. Uh, <laughs> um, here's here's something I've just been thinking about, just because like I'm in New York now, and there's like no personal space. Uh, so the population density there's twenty nine thousand people per square mile. Jesus, Christ. and Manhattan is like seventy thousand per square mile. Uh, I remember I was fiddling around with the almanac uh you can take the entire population of the world put it in an area the size of texas and the population density would be less than that of new york city <laughs> that's amazing what yeah that's i mean a- now to now we still need the land to grow the food to like support that population but like yeah and so humans would probably take a, need to take up more space to survive but yeah you, it wouldn't yeah, it's a very dense place uh, like I said, there's like mostly nonsense people. <laughs> so if you had a way of filtering out the nonsense people, you know, to deal with the overpopulation problem, I'm asking you what kind of genocide do you want, Charlie? <laughs> oh, no, there's a much simpler way to do that. Is, uh, the, big, the big problem in New York is everybody is it's very expensive. So the real estate market is basically hyperinflated by two, by two forces. There's the billionaires who buy places as an investment but don't live in them and so they're buying up this land and then make everybody and then they uh force out millionaires they gentrify millionaires who have to gentrify <laughs> uh middle class people have to gentrify you know poor people who then move to the suburbs uh so uh there's a residency requirement you can make um and then b uh the other mark is parent people's parents paying their rent and so because like if people had to pay their own rent, they wouldn't be buying nine hundred dollar a month apartments, and so those would be bid down. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, this is just always on my mind. Yeah. No, it's, it's very know. hard to in, it's very hard to instate a no parents money law. Yeah, exactly. But it is an artificially inflated market. So, no, oh, what you need to, oh, here, what you do is you show is any anybody who has their parents pay their rent. Uh, their parents have to see all of their artistic endeavors that they produce. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a coffee shop one time. And what, this are you going to go like Medici style patron of the arts? <laughs> no, they just, no, 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 no patron. Just 
if their kid's going to be an actor, they have to see the plays that their kid is acting in and the quality that they are. You know. I was at a coffee shop one time and this guy was like on the phone with his mom saying he was writing a screenplay and he was just looking through his headshots. <laughs> He's, he's just looking. He's just scrolling through his headshots. You That's know, fantastic. It's, a screen, it's a screenplay about a guy that is obsessed with his own fame. Yeah, they have to read their kids' screenplays. They have to read. Yeah, yeah. that 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 screenplay was written a couple thousand years ago. It's called Narcissus. Yeah, mm. yeah the story of Narciss Nar- Narciss Nar- Narcissus. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. So thank you guys for uh, for like coming on. Yeah, learning the information, giving us those facts. Uh, I do, of course, give my guests a final chance to plug anything they've got going on. So I'm going to start with you, Charlie. What, oh, yeah. what have you got to plug? Uh, let's see. I, I'm, I will be on a big a, a show worth coming to. I have a number of shows, but I don't promote them all because some of them suck. Uh, <laughs> it's not my fault. It's the producer. I'll just do. It. I, I'm great on him, but you know, uh, I'll be at the fancy show at the Douglas uh, January Wednesday January. 23rd is that the wednesday uh first night 23rd january 23rd uh, and that'll be a good show great uh i'll be in town for the memphis comedy festival as well fantastic and i'm on twitter twitter at charlie virgos there we go yeah. now will do you have anything to uh to plug for us today yeah you can find us at local downtown is local gastro pub it's the secret show it's every other wednesday this next one's on january 2nd oh the Probably. douglas in brooklyn new york sorry right 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 yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I did all my Memphis shows already. So. Perfect. Yeah, no. And so then, when this comes out, the next one will be January 16th? Yeah. Oh, this is coming out on January 16th? Well, I don't know. It's just... Yeah. All right, it's cool. Com- yeah. You can find us at The Secret Show at Local Downtown on January 16th. You can find us at Drafts and Laughs on January 12th. You can find us at Crosstown Brewing on January 25th. Dark Match Comedy Show on January 24th. I did not do those in order at all. And then I'll be in Little Rock on the 30th and Dallas on the 31st and Austin on the first, of are you doing February. Little Rock? Uh, I'm doing uh, fucking uh, the joint. Oh, I've never done that. One. I've never done Little Rock. Little Rock's fantastic. Uh, Hit up Jay Jackson, and yeah. uh, he's he's great. Uh, I've met him since, uh, but I haven't gone to Arkansas since I met him. Right. He's he's a funny funny comedian. Yeah. Rock, yeah. Rock. Um, and then yeah, no, and then we'll be at uh, Noble Rye Brewing in Dallas on the 31st, and we'll be at. Uh, Cold Town Theater on the 1st of February in Austin, Texas. All right, cool. cool that's cool, great. Cool. Well, thank you guys yeah. so much for coming and doing the show. Uh, that's all from us today. Yeah. Good, good, good night. Sweet dreams. Dr. Heckle is an OAM Network production. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and TheOAMNetwork.com. Recorded at the Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. Your host was Mark Brimble, guest were Will Loden, and Charlie Virgos. Music by Kip Yulhorn. The show is produced by Mark Brimble, Hunter Sandland, and Gil Worth. Special thanks to Lauren Riggins and the Surf Memphis Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or like to get in touch about appearing on the show, or topics you'd like us to cover, email us at drhecklepod at gmail.com. TheOAMNetwork.com Power to the podcast.